Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Bon Wazette Podcast with me, your favorite voisin, Jeff D. Malveson. If you're new to the show, welcome to the neighborhood. So tonight we're going to talk about trouble brewing in Indy. We'll talk uh, why Indy isn't out of the woods yet, and we're talking about six other teams who have similar starts and whether you should panic or whether you should not for these fan bases. Also, we're going to talk a little um, NBA season. We're going to talk big questions like, for instance, who's the breakout team? Which second-year player is going to make the biggest leap? So we're going to also talk about a little baseball, who's in who's out of the AL wildcard chase. And also we're going to do a little Monday night recap, a little Thursday night recap, and then we're gonna, finally we're going to talk about the four matchups I'm looking forward to on Sunday, week three action. So let's get into it. Um, as I said before, trouble brewing in Indy. Now, honestly, before the start of the season, I, I picked Indy to win the AFC South for a number of reasons. Jacksonville. Houston, two teams in transition. Tennessee, you knew they were going to take a step back, given by how they performed in week one, but they did a bounce back in week two. The Colts seemed like a trendy pick to make the playoffs. I mean, solid offense, solid offensive line. Great, you know, a very up-and-coming running back in um, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, um, a receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., um, um, Paris Campbell, if he could stay healthy, um, T.Y. Hilton, a rock-solid offensive line, Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, um, they signed Eric Fisher, but one thing that was missing was the quarterback after Phillip Rivers retired, so they went ahead and got Carson Wentz. Now, Wentz, he had his fair share of trouble in, in uh, Philadelphia. I mean, it's almost he, he couldn't catch a break. After that, his MVP close to near MVP season after that ACL injury. You know, he hurts himself. Nick Foles leads the team to a t- um, the Super Bowl. Then he gets hurt again. And then he gets hurt again last season, gave way to Jalen Hurts. So as you can see, it was about an unceremonious end to his time in Philly. But when he's healthy, Carson Wentz is the top, at least a top 10 quarterback in my opinion. But, but all besides the point, the trouble that's really plaguing Indy, obviously Carson Wentz, he's hurt. They've struggled in the, red zone, in the red zone for the past two games. Against Seattle and against against the Rams, they had four opportunities. They were inside the five-yard line. They end up three times they try to get in, then they fumbled them the next play. Um, the offensive line, you know, Wentz is in sack six times, taking 21 hits. Now, he took a lot of hits in Philadelphia. Of course, those injuries piled up. You you would think the run game that they have, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, the offensive line would help him out a bit. But the offensive line has has been you know beset by injuries. Um, Braden Smith, he's hurt, um, so it's taken a bit of while for them to gel. Um, uh, there is a silver lining though. Michael Pittman had a hundred yards, so. But still, should you panic in Indy being, with the Colts being 0-2? As of right now, yeah, because they play Tennessee Week 3, and they may go 0-3. Now, I'm not saying Jacob Eason sucks, but we don't know what he has. And they have Brett Hundley. So, given the severity, we don't know the severity of Carson Wentz's injury, so we don't know how long he'll be out. 
how long he'll be out, that, de- that determines how far Indy will go. So, I mean, uh, so yes, it is time to panic in Indy, especially if they go 1-3. I just cannot see them making the playoffs unless something miraculous happens against Tennessee. So, let's head to Gotham. Let's talk about the New York Jets. Should you panic New York? Well, not really. Um, Zach Wilson, he had four interception game against New England. Again, New England tends to do that to everybody. They did it to Sam Darnold where he saw Ghost. Um, but Zach Wilson, I think he'll be fine. Um, they, need, they need a little bit more talent, especially on that defense. One thing I do love about the Jets, they are playing hard. They are you know, showing some fight. Um, but it's going to take a minute for this thing to turn around. And I think Zach Wilson, he's the quarterback to do it. I think Robert Sala is the coach to do it. Now, all they have to do is just surround him with quality talent around him. And also, they need more juice out of that running game because that can't happen. Zach Wilson's throwing four interceptions. Um, but Jets fans, don't panic. It's not. It's too early to panic. He's only a rookie. It's only been two games. Give him a chance. Next, we had to Duval County, Jacksonville. Should you should Jacksonville fans panic? Same as the Jets, not really. But the offense has been struggling. You know, uh, Trevor Lawrence took way too many hits. No run game. Um, you would think because of who they have as his offensive coaches and who his head coach is, you'd think they would make an offense that's suited to his skills, you know, the the center of the run game, but this hasn't, it hasn't clicked. The offense just hasn't clicked. And again, you, they may have to make more adjustments in Jacksonville because I mean, for Trevor Lawrence to succeed, he's going to have to have the talent, that run game to succeed and the defense too. They must play better. So again, Jacksonville, let's not panic. Give it some time. Give it urban Meyer some time. I think they'll they'll be fine in Jacksonville. Uh, Next we head to the New York giants. Um, you know, the Giants, they played hard uh, the first two games. Um, granted, you know, obviously the result was an L, but, you know, Daniel Jones, he's better than what people th- think he is. I-, I think he is, he's a whole lot better than what they, had they picked Dwayne Haskins. So Daniel Jones, he's he's playing hard. He keeps developing um, just crucial mistakes by the Giants, especially in, against uh, Washington. Uh, last play of the game, the penalty, um, that really set them down, but, uh, and then with Kenny Galladay blowing up against Jason Garrett, you know, that's not something you want to see, but I really like how Joe Judge has got this team going in the right direction. So should you panic New York, New York Giants fans? Not yet. It's only two games. There's still time and it, and it's the NFC East. Now Minnesota, that's a team, this is a team that. To me, that's also a playoff team, especially given their division. Um, you know, they have a now to their credit, they played some tough, you know, first two weeks, they've played some tough games. Um, they, they played the Bengals, took them in overtime, played the Cardinals, took them the last play of the game, obviously missed the field goal. Um, but they have a, I was looking at their schedule, they have a very, they have a gauntlet of a schedule. They have the Seahawks, the Browns, the Panthers, the Cowboys, the Packers, the 49ers. This is a very top-heavy team. Then you have a quarterback who may be on the way out in Kirk Cousins. Um, they have a top-flight running back, a top-flight receiver. And their defense has been revamped. They just can't close the door. But 
It's all, again, should I panic if I'm Minnesota? Yes. Especially because given the talent they have on that team, this team is supposed to be 2-0. So, yes, if you're in Minnesota, you should panic. Next, we go down to Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, obviously, I live in Atlanta, so I get to see the Falcons regularly. This is a team I thought, I, I thought when I saw them in the preseason, I knew they weren't going to be good. I just didn't know they would be this bad, especially on defense. Um, other than Dante Fowler getting, you know, the sack, the sack fumble, they just need, they need more talent. They need a whole roster reconstruction. Um, other than Grady Jarrett and um, A.J. Terrell, Richie Grant, they, they're going to need a whole roster construction. They just need to tear it down, get a new quarterback. Um, Matt Ryan, he looks, he's starting to play like his age, you know. Granted, that's, a lot of that's not his fault. They need help at receiver. Um, they need to get Kyle Pitts the ball more because now it looks like that was a wasted draft pick. But should there be, pan- should there be panic? No, because this is what we expect the Falcons to be at 0-2. Just not this bad. So they play the Giants next week, and, uh, um, you know, I expect the Falcons to show more fight, I hope, especially on defense. Now we head to the Motor City, Detroit. I was watching the game. They played the Lions. You know, Dan Campbell, he's got, he's got these guys playing hard. They play four complete quarters of football. Now, granted, the score didn't reflect that, but they played hard, um, that, especially that defense. On offense, you know, they do have an identity. I could tell they do have, they want to run the football, be tough um, with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, They got their quarterback, Jared Goff. They got a number one, well, they need a number one receiver. Of course, Tyrell Williams is out with a concussion, now on injured reserve. Um, You know, they need somebody to step up in that receiver room, be it Amon Ross St. Brown or or Quintez Cephas. So the Lions, they're a team that they're on the up and up. So just you just gotta give it time, Detroit. I know it's been a long time, you know, since you had something to smile about. But trust me, Dan, Dan Campbell's got this team going in the right direction. So now we head to the NBA season. Uh, obviously, the season starts October nineteenth. You know, with a, I mean, a huge slate of games. Um, I think now training camp's about to start in a couple of weeks, or well, I think training camp's already started, or and then that's new preseason. Um, but there's so many questions heading into the NBA season. Um, Second-year players to make the big leap. Um, you know, there's there's actually three in particular guys who I think are going to make the big leap. One is a guy who he may not even finish the season with his current team. That guy's name is James Wiseman. He played 39 games, had an uneven season. You know, he, but he had a big numbers. He expected his numbers to jump. Now, will he be with the Warriors? Only time will tell, because the Warriors just traded Eric Pascal to the Jazz. So, because now you have Klay Thompson coming back, so now you wonder how's the touches going to be distributed, and you wonder how he fits in with the way the team is now. But given how he played with the circumstances, it was a solid rookie season. It was uneven, but it was very solid, and look for his numbers to jump. Next up is in Sacramento, Tyrese Hilburton. Um, the guy was, I didn't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know much about him. I had to go watch his highlights. But from what I've seen, the guy's a very solid player. They, they, the Kings, I expect to make the playoffs this season. 
more than just the playing term, but I expect them to make the playoffs this season. Especially a team with De'Aaron Fox, um, Buddy Heald, Terry's Hill Burton, Rashawn Holmes, and a coach like Luke Walton, they are going to make the playoffs. They're going to end that drought. This kid, Tyrese Helburton, I who I thought he was close to winning Rookie of the Year, he came out of nowhere, obviously, and just he was mature beyond his years. And he put himself as a building block for that team. So look for him to make that big leap. Next up is, in a, again, we go to the Motor City. Um, this was as a collective team right here. I think the Pistons with their young guys, the Second player, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes. You know, they that's a team right there who can make some noise in the East with the first-round pick, Cade Cunningham, and obviously the second-round pick, Isaiah Livers. And then uh, most improved player, Jeremy Grant. Um, that's a team, they got a coach, Dwayne Casey, that if he can get at least a seven or eight seed out of them, that's a team that'll make some noise in the East. Now, don't sleep on Detroit. They're on the up and up. Um... Another question that that I have is um, which are the two teams that are going to make a jump who will be far better than they were last season? And the two teams that I listed were the Bulls and the Heat. Now, the Bulls, they got some additions. Obviously, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, uh, Nick Vucevic, Patrick Williams. Um, Kobe White slides to the bench. And it'll be a much improved bench, but also a much improved starting lineup. Um the Bulls filled a need at point guard. Uh, they filled a need at scoring with DeRozan. And obviously, you know, what they trade Larry Markin into the Cavs. They got their big man, Nick Vucevic. So that's a team. They have the all the makings of a 40-45 win team. That may be good for 6th or 7th in the East. But that is a team, if, if all the pieces fall right, they can make some noise. Now, I don't. We'll all have to see. I don't know how DeMar DeRozan fits. Who's going to get the ball in crunch time? So I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see how that, how the, all the pieces fit. You know, it's, it's, it's only, we'll see how that happens, how it all plays out during the season. Next up is uh, the Miami Heat in South Beach. Um, barely made the playoff last season. Look for them to, they're in a win now mode. You know, guy, guy, like they did a sign trade with Kyle Lowry, brought in PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris, um, you know, Duncan Robinson. He got his money. So, obviously, with Pat Riley and uh, Eric Spolstra, they're in win now mode. Jimmy Butler got his money. Bam Adebayo got his money. This is a team they they could challenge the Nets as a, as a team to beat in the East. Um, but we'll see in the playoffs. We'll see in the playoffs how everything shakes out. How, you know you know, who the matchups are. So that's a team that will challenge. Another question I have is, can the Hawks build on their encouraging season? Now, it's rare that you see a coaching change, you know, coaching change make a team better. You know, Lloyd Pierce got fired and Nate McMillan got hired. And the Hawks actually got better on both ends of the court, offense and defense. They went from 27th on offense to 8th, um, 29th on defense to 9th. Um, my three biggest uh, storylines that I want to see, can John Collins get better? Now that he got his money, I mean, I mean, he was he played like a man that was possessed, obviously. Of course, when it's your contract year, you're going to play really hard. So we'll see if he can keep that ascension. Um, 
into one of the top fours in the league. Um, Cam Reddish, I would like to see him play on a consistent basis. Like, can he keep it up? Like, we did his final four games coming back in the playoffs. Um, is Trey Young the man to lead lead the Hawks on NBA title? That's a question that I, I would hope so because I've lived in Atlanta for, what, almost close to 20 years now? And for most of the time I've been here, the Hawks haven't been that good. They were good, then they then they... Then they stunk it up. Then they were good, and they stunk it up. Let's hope that Trey can keep the Hawks up. I mean, he's an exciting player, but I cannot, I can't wait to see what what it's gonna be like. I can't wait to see, you know, can Trey be the next Steph Curry? Lead the team, lead the team to an NBA title. That question remains to be seen. That question remains to be answered, and I cannot wait. Um, next up is uh, Zion Williamson. Can Zion lead them, lead the Pelicans to the playoffs? Um, he almost did last season, but he put up some epic numbers: twenty-seven points a game, sixty percent f- uh, field goal shooting. You know, now that Eric Bledsoe, Lo- um, Lonzo Ball is gone, Stephen Adams gone, I think this puts greater emphasis on him, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas. It puts m- now Zion's gonna have to focus more on defense. Now he has a new coach, Willie Green, so we'll see how that dynamic. We'll see if the continuity. Because he's going to be eligible for an extension coming up. So we'll see if this continuity can help him, you know, remain in New Orleans. We'll see if he can make that next step, take the next step up to the superstar level. Um, next up, we stay in the Southwest Division with the Mavs. Um, I, would, I would love to see how the dynamic of, of Jason Kidd and, uh, and Luka Doncic, is, how, that will, how that'll mesh. You have a Hall of Fame point guard along with the at least at least top five plays in my opinion in the NBA. We'll see how that we'll see how how that'll you know how Luka Doncic will respond. Of course, there was some rumors about Luka and Rick Carlisle not getting along. Um, I mean, because if you think about it. The Mavs rely so much on Luka that he has to carry an offensive load. You would think Porzingis, as as talented as he is, you know, they just re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. Of course, the recent signing of Frank Nelikina, I, I don't know if that makes any difference, but it does give him a capable backup. Um, I, I think what kids going to have to do is what the Mavs are going to have to do is find more playmakers. Obviously, they are trying to get I heard they're trying to get Goran Dragic. He's trying to do a buyout or or a trade with the Raptors. We'll see. We'll see what comes comes of it. Um, but look for look for Jason Kidd to give Luca a lot of rest. <laughs> and this season, I hope Porzingis can take it to the next level and lead them at least past the first round. Next up, we have the Lakers. Now. The Lakers, okay, the Lakers almost pretty much, in my opinion, they turned into the when LeBron was in the Cavs. This is before the decision where they loaded up on veterans and just straight loaded up on veterans to see if they won a title. Um, right now, as it stands, as I'm looking at the Lakers roster right now, they got eight players on the other side of the age of 33. It's crazy. LeBron's 34. Or, well, actually, LeBron's 37, sorry. They 
they brought in Rondo Westbrook. Um, they brought in DeAndre Jordan. I mean, they've brought in a ton of ton of new faces, especially on the on the bench. Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk. Um, I'm interested to see how how Westbrook fits with that team. As we know, Westbrook is well documented how. You know, how he likes to run the show, how he plays hard, how he likes to go Superman. So we'll see if he can tone it down with L.A., play more team basketball instead of more hero basketball. Next up is we go to Brooklyn. Are the Nets clearly the team to beat in the East? I would hope so, given what they have. Uh, Kyrie, James, Kevin Durant, you know, hopefully that's a big if. Hopefully they can get through the season staying healthy. Um, whew, I, that's a big if. Can they stay healthy? Um, they brought in they brought in Patty Mills. They still have Joe Harris. Um, they got Bruce Brown, Paul Millsap, Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. It's just I just don't know. Can they stay healthy through an entire season to keep them fresh in the playoffs? Now we know. We know the regular season, they're probably going to win 60 games, but it's the playoffs. That's why I really want to see if the Nets can do it because they miss, they clearly missed James Harden in the playoffs last season. Obviously, again, they're geared toward winning a championship. This is a team that's built to win now. Um, next up, we go to the Valley of the Sun, the Phoenix Suns. Can the Suns make a return trip to the NBA Finals? I was hope, I hope so. But the West has gotten so good. Every team in the West has gotten better. And as as much as I like Phoenix Fielded's story, I just don't know if they can make it back. Now, they do have Chris Paul, and that's a big and that's a big that's a big plus having him. Um you know, DeAndre Ayton, he's poised to get better. Devin Booker, poised to get better. Um, they brought in JaVale McGee, Landry Shaman, and Elfin Payton. Um, so this is a team that they're not, they're not, I don't think they'll, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way. They'll make the playoffs, but I'm not sure if they'll go back to the NBA finals. It's just, it's, it's just a risky proposition because the West is so stacked and you know, everybody in the West has gotten better. Um, my final question is: Will the what will the, be the Bucks' biggest challenge? To me, the biggest challenge of the Bucks is how motivated how motivated will they be to repeat? Um, not really how motivated will be they how not how motivated they will be to repeat, but can they can they beat the challenges that they did last season in order to repeat this season? Um. Of course, they brought in they brought in Samuel Jolet, Rodney Hood, Grayson Allen. Um, this the team, the Bucks are one of those teams with Giannis. If if with Giannis on that team, they're always going to be a championship contender. He gets better each each and every year. My only question is. Everybody in the East has gotten better, but can the Bucks navigate through all all that clutter just to get to the 
to the NBA Finals. And it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough with Atlanta and Boston getting better. Um, Brooklyn and Miami getting better. Uh, Indiana with a new head coach. Um, Charlotte's getting better. Chicago, New York. I mean, hey, the, the, it, it won't, I promise you this. It will not be a cakewalk for Milwaukee. So that's my, that's my NBA recap right there. Now next we head to Major League Baseball. Now, this is why I love Major League Baseball. As you don't, as you guys probably already know, I'm a huge baseball fan. At times like these, especially in the month of October, playoff baseball. But let's slide back to September, and now we got a heated pennant race for the second wild card. And this is probably the best thing that I love what Major League Baseball, what Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball did. They added a second wild card. You see, when you do that, you add the element of you add the element of suspense. You know, okay. Now, now it's not just one wild card; it's now two wild cards, and you have a wild card play, a wild card game. So we look to the American League. Boston's up by two games. They played the Yankees for three games um, this weekend. We know heated rivals. This series could determine if the Yankees make the playoffs or not. Now you got the Yankees two games back of Boston. You got Toronto one game back of of, um, of New York. Actually, one game back of New York for the second wild card. Seattle, an up and coming team, two games back. This was this was a Seattle team that was supposed to rebuild or take a step back. Um, and Scott Service has got that team playing good. Credits to Jerry Depoto, man, for making all those great trades. Um, this team has far exceeded expectations. I mean. Yeah, say what you want. Jared Kelnick is hasn't been hitting good, but hey, as to be expected, he was only, he's only twenty one, so he'll get better. Toronto, they got a, they got Vlad Guerrero Jr., um, Bo Bichette, Marcus Simeon. I mean, has been playing out of this world. The pitching has been great. Robbie Ray, Jose Barrios. Um, what it should be? There's only ten games left, so it should be a f- great final weekend of the regular season. Now. I'm sticking with baseball, and there was a topic that's been on my mind for a couple of days, and it was, should Shohei Otani win the MVP? I say, I'd say, hmm, I'd say Otani should win the MVP, given what he's done. I mean, Otani, he's a rarity. He hits and he pitches. I mean, seriously. He has 44 home runs. He has a ERA under four. That's crazy. An ERA under four. Last Sunday, he struck out 10 batters over eight innings. In 22 starts, he's had, he's held the opposing batting average 208, and he's only lost twice. He's right now, I think his record is eight and two. I mean, the, <laughs> should he win the MVP? But the only thing I think the reason why he probably won't in, win the MVP, his team isn't in 500 and they're not in a playoff race. But then again, his teammate Mike Trout has won the MVP three times. Now. 
Now, the reason why also I think Guerrero should win it, his team is in a playoff race. He's hitting 321, 46 homers. And he has a, an OPS over 1,000. He, I just, it'll be a toss-up, but, but to delve more into why Otani, he, he should win the MVP, think about it this way. I'm going to give you into context. He's, he was select, no player has ever start, selected to the All-Star game as a pitcher and a hitter. He was the leadoff hitter and the winning pitcher for the American League. He, he just, I think he's what's good about baseball. To me, what's good about baseball. And I think baseball should capitalize on it. Much like I said in the earlier podcast when I said how baseball should capitalize off Tim Anderson and Fernando Tatis Jr. He's one of those guys right here that you should, that you should, Baseball should capitalize. If they want to grow the popularity, you know, hey, if they if baseball wants to grow the popularity of the sport, look at a guy like Otani. Of course, yes, I know the language barrier, but I mean the guy plays with a joy and he hits and it's I mean, now yes, granted he plays for a sub five hundred team. That's not his fault. But he should just win the MVP Jason based off the impact and his pure numbers and what he's doing has not been done before. Not since Babe Ruth. So next, let's go to a little NFL action. And I want to talk about I want to talk about a little Monday night football. Um Packers win 35-17. Um Aaron Jones three reception touchdowns. Lions showed some fight. Uh, as I said earlier, Lions showing some fight. They kept the game close, but then Aaron Rodgers, he pulled away. This was a bit good, a bit of a bounce-back game for Aaron Rodgers. Four touchdowns. Um, they play the 49ers on Sunday night. So, again, this is, this is going to be a, a tough test coming up for, for the Packers. Uh, hopefully that defense, you know, obviously Zadari Smith didn't play a lot. So, um, look, for, look, Rashawn, look for Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith to get more get more uh, action in the pass rush. Um, Thursday night football, Carolina Panthers, 3-0. and Sam Darnold, man. I, I think I see now the blueprint of what, of what makes Sam Darnold good. Give him a running game and give him some receivers and just get a little bit of daylight from him running the football, and there you have it. They're 3-0. and He threw for 304 yards. Much better second half. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey missed the rest of the game with his uh, hamstring. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's not on injured reserve. Um, uh, DJ Moore, I mean, he was getting open on that Texas defense. I I clearly don't see why the Texans kept playing too deep because DJ Moore kept getting open. Robbie Anderson getting open. Dan Arnold got open. Um, Chuba Hubbard, he looks solid, but... You could tell they miss Christian McCaffrey, especially in the in the passing game. I mean, in the run game. Um, the defense of the of the Panthers three sacks. Um, Hassan Riddick was getting to the quarterback. Quarterback Brian Burns getting to the quarterback. Uh, let's switch to the Texans. You know, David Davis Mills. This guy's tough. I mean, he took so many hits. He was pressured ten times. Took three sacks. I mean, this guy kept getting up, kept fighting. I know Deshaun Watson's not there, but and he may this may be his 
last year with the Texans with all that's going on. But it looks like they found the quarterback of the future in Davis Mills. Um, Brandon Cooks looked like he was the only person playing out there because they had no running game, and Brandon Cooks just kept getting open. Um, this guy is productive wherever he's been, whether it be in New Orleans, L.A., New England. I mean, this guy has been productive. So now we head to week three action. Here are four games that I think everybody should pay attention to. First off, Chargers and Chiefs. The matchup I'm looking for, Justin, I'm looking at Justin Herbert against that Chiefs D. Now, of course, we say, if you watch that Sunday night thriller between the um, the Chiefs and the and the Ravens, you saw the Chiefs got gassed by Lamar Jackson, especially in the passing game. Um, of course, Tyron Matthew got a couple of interceptions, but Herbert Sean, he can make some throws. He can he can stand in there. He's played some very good football. Um, now, of course, he needs to, of course, dial it down a bit, you know, with his penchant for trying to play hero ball. But that's a matchup I'm looking at, especially with that defensive line. You know, Chris Jones, um, Stone Cold Jones, they call him, uh, Frank Clark. Uh, that's a, this is a matchup I'm looking at. Next up, we go to Foxborough. Saints, they're traveling to Foxborough to play the, um, the New England Patriots. Uh, the matchup I'm looking at is specifically Mac Jones against the Saints pass rush. Now, Mac Jones, he, so obviously this guy is, he's displayed some very good moxie, some good intelligence for a quarterback, a lot of zip on his throws, um, some, some of the same characteristics he showed at Alabama. But he's going against the Saints pass rush where you got Cam Jordan coming off the edge. You got um, DeMario Davis up the middle, Kawan Alexander, uh, Marcus Davenport. I mean, they got they got some guys coming at him. So look for Josh, Josh McDaniels to put that run game in the forefront and use some quick rhythm throws. Next up is the game of the week, the Rams and the Bucks. Um, I look at this matchup, Bucks offensive line versus the Rams defensive line. Especially in the, um, especially up in the trenches, uh, Aaron Donald against against Ali Marpet. You know, Marpet's a guy who's overlooked, but he's a stud at guard. And you going against a a great player like Aaron Donald? Oh man, this is this is a matchup I really want to see. I mean, they played last season, the Rams won, but this right here is an NFC Championship preview. Next up with the Sunday night game, the Pack and the Forty Niners. Um, I'm looking at Devontae Adams against the Niners secondary. I wonder who's going to guard him. The newly signed Josh Norman, because obviously Jason Verrett, he went down with an injury. So they I, I look for them to play a lot of zone coverage, and Josh Norman is a very good zone coverage corner. So look for them to, you know, to deploy a variety of different people guarding Devontae Adams. So if you... So if you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. And if you're a long-time subscriber, I want to thank you because without you guys, this show is not possible. So I just want to end the show, uh, tell everybody to have a good night and have a safe weekend, safe travels. Yeah.